You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. God's covenant with Abraham. God's covenant with Abraham. Today, on Words of Encouragement. Uh, trusting in the Lord, we trust in Him. Covenant this morning, God's covenant with Abraham. What is a covenant? It's been defined as an oath-bound promise whereby one party solemnly pledges to bless or serve another party in some specified way. Sometimes the keeping of the promise depends on meeting certain conditions by the party to whom the promise is made. Uh, I'm going to make I'm going to make a promise to you but you've got to hold up your end of the bargain. On other occasions the promise is made unilaterally and unconditionally. I'm going to do this for you. I'm stating this. I'm making a covenant with you. I'm going to do this for you. Boom. There's no responsibility on your part part whatsoever. I'm going to do this for you. So there's that type of covenant. In the Old Testament the Hebrew word Berith is always translated as the word covenant. Berith, that Hebrew word, is derived from a root which means to cut. And hence, a covenant is a cutting with reference to the cutting or dividing of animals into two parts and the contracting parties passing in between them, making a covenant. Now, this is a ritualistic you know, covenant making. That's what they would do. They would have an animal. Both parties would walk through, back and forth through between the animals. Cutting a deal. That's where this comes from. All right. So this cutting, uh, this cutting of a covenant. But this, we're going to look at this one uh, between God and Abraham. If you're able and, uh, and you can, I'm going to ask that you stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God. From Genesis chapter 12, verses uh, 1 and 2, the Bible says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and so you shall be a blessing. May God Bless the reading of His Word to our hearts this morning. I invite you to be seated. Well, so what's going on here? God is telling Abram at this point, his name is, to leave his country. To leave his country. Okay. Now, as an American, how would that set with you? Whoa! Whoa! I mean, we have been taught that America is the greatest country, uh, nation on earth, on the face of the planet. Uh, we have been taught uh, that, you know, this is where everybody wants to be, and there are many who want to be here. What if God told us to leave our country? So here, here in this first verse, God tells Abram, go forth, get thee out, leave, go out from your country. The way the language is used in the Hebrew helps us to understand that God is saying to Abram, get out and I will show you where you need to be. 
Now, that, and I say that the Hebrew language is the, the get out, the, the phrasing, the way the Hebrew is used, that's what he is saying. God is saying, get out of here and I will show you where I want you. Leave your country and I will show you where you need to go. So you don't know where you're going before you leave your country, but you, God's going to show you. Trust. Trusting the Lord right there. That is tough. There's a trusting, a deep trusting relationship between Abram and God. Abram is leaving the land he loved. And then God's going to show him where to go. Then God's going to show him where he needs to be. First, he's got to trust God that he's supposed to leave his country. And then he's got to trust God that God's going to show him where to go. Oh, man, now wait a minute. I think I'll just stay in the country I love. I think I will just stay where I am. I don't really want to go. I think I will stay here. I will stay here and live outside of the will of God for my life. I am choosing to sit here and live outside of the, of the direction that God wants me to go. Where God wants me to be. Really? Now, Abram has a good relationship with God, and he is willing to go. Are you at a point where if God said go, you would go, even if you didn't know where you were headed? Boy, that's tough. That's tough. That's a tough answer. Tough question, I mean, to answer on the spot. Let that sit on the back burner of your mind this morning. What if God said to you, I want you to go? Well, go? Go where? Go to leave your country. Where am I supposed to go? Am I supposed to go to JFK? Am I, am I supposed to go to Dallas, uh, Shreveport, Dallas, Atlanta, and then go? I mean, wh where am I going? We'd have a lot of questions. But just let that sit on the back burner of your mind this morning. Look at verse 2. He says, And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great. And so you, will, you shall be a blessing. I will make you a blessing. Notice, Abram, once he has left his country, God's going to come through with this, these promises. They are unconditional promises. There's nothing Abram has to do to get these, to receive these. Uh, look, at, look at this. Uh, okay, I'm going to make you a great nation. Abram doesn't do anything for this to happen. God has chosen to make this covenant with Abram. I will bless you. God has, Abram hasn't done anything special to be blessed by God. I, I will make your name great. I, the, all people will know you. There's a lot of people going to know who you are. And you didn't do anything. God made his name great. And, and so he will be a blessing. Abram's going to be a blessing. How is he going to be a blessing? I don't know. But God's going to do it. At this point, we don't know, but God's going to do it. God says He's going to do this. These are unconditional promises, nothing He has to do to receive them. And, and, and you see those promises there. God does them so that He can use Abram to be a blessing. Now, Abram being a blessing means he receives the care of God. Look at the first part of verse 3. And I will bless those who bless you. I will bless those who bless you. So the care of God is right there with Abram. The care of God, the protection of God. Those who bless you, I will bless them. Boy, that's pretty cool. I mean, look, Abram's just kind of, hey, okay, I'm going. I mean, look, and this is the picture, this is the picture that God wants to paint in your life and in mine. 
we're simply a vessel. We're simply, you and I are simply vessels that God wants to use. And so this is the picture that he's painting in the life of Abram. Nothing special about Abram. Abram wasn't dashing and good looking. Abram wasn't a huge, you know, great public speaker. We don't have any of these details that would say, oh, well, God picked him because blah, blah, blah. You know, oh, he's so good. Look, oh, well, he, look at it. No, no, no. Abram is Abram. And God says, I'm going to use you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to, I'm going to use you in some mighty ways. Of you, I'm going to make a great nation. Whoa. God had to pick somebody and he picked Abram. He wanted to pick somebody and he picks Abram. So the care and the protection of God are, over, are, are, are with Abram. Look at the last part of verse 3. And the one who curses you, I will curse. Oh, boy. Uh, that's, that's, wow, okay. Um, and in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. That's a big promise there. And in you, Abram, all the families of the earth will be blessed. That's a pretty big deal, if you ask me. That's a big deal for this one man to hear coming his way. But Abram is being a blessing to all the families of the earth. Through him, others will be blessed. That's a lot to hear from God at one time. Could you imagine? All this, Abram, all this is going to be for you. All this, all at one time. Oh, 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 oh. oh my goodness, that's a lot to take in. I cannot imagine. I often try to put myself in the feet of those uh, in the Bible when they hear from the Lord, and I think, how would I respond to this? This is pretty overwhelming, God. Uh... Uh, I'm glad you're doing it. <laughs> all I got to do is just kind of follow along. Good, because I, I don't know how to do all this. I, I can't make all this happen. I can't do any of this. But God, you say you're going to do it? Okay, let, let, well, let's just do it. But uh, let me just, just, just point me in the right direction. Let me know which way I need to go. What is happening here? What we see is God calling one of his children to obey him and to trust him. And that is what God is doing today with you and with me. He is calling on us to follow Him, to trust Him, to obey Him. That's what He's calling on us to do. This very day, God is calling on you to trust and obey. Truly, there is no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. That's, that's it. And we say, we sing that, and we do, but do we live it? Do we believe it? Do we believe it? That's where the rubber hits the road when we put it into practice. God calls you to trust and obey Him. Abram obeys God, and he strikes out into the unknown. So we find him doing exactly what God called him to do. Verse 4 says, So Abram went forth as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. Now, Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. 75, 75. He's being obedient. He's trusting in God. He's stepping out. He's hoping and, and praying that God's going to make good on his promise. And he steps out. Imagine being 75 years old and leaving your country, all that you know, and going to a place that you do not know. Some of us, that would rattle us to death. <laughs> that would shake us up so much 
Because we are accustomed to where we are. We are accustomed to what we like. We're accustomed to things going a certain way. And when somebody throws a monkey wrench in that, we just get all out of control and get all upset and don't know how to act, don't know what to say, don't know what to do. Isn't it interesting how God has made us and how easy we get into a rut in life? And yet, change is happening all around us all the time. It's slow change, so we don't really notice. Now, see, that's how the devil works too. Uh, But God works that way as well sometimes. Slowly, He makes changes. Slowly, He's doing something different in your life. Slowly, He's molding you into the likeness of Christ Himself. If he were to do it all so so quickly, it would be so disturbing to us, we just couldn't handle it. But he slowly molds us into the likeness of Jesus. So he's at work. But here, boom, he's asking Abram, let's go. I want you to go. He's telling him, let's go. We're going. You're going to a place I'm going to tell you about. When you get there, it's going to be okay. But we're going to go. I want you to go. I want you to leave the country that you love. Now that is faith. That is trust. That is obedience in action. If you want to see somebody who is totally trusting on, in God, this is the man right here. This is him. This is him. This is he. This is Abram saying, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to do this. God said to, I'm going. So he packs up everything. Look at verse 5. Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his nephew, and all their possessions which they had accumulated. Oh, I can't think about that. Oh, can you imagine moving? Oh, it's one of the, it is one of the hardest things to ever do. It is, they say, it, they like, uh, counselors liken a move from one place to another like a death. The same emotions, the grief, the grief is almost on the same level as losing a loved one when you move. Here they go. He's packing everything up. Everything which which they had accumulated. And the persons which they had acquired in Haran. Uh, These are servants and people that worked for them. And they set out for the land of Canaan. Thus they came to the land of Canaan. So they make it there. All right, let's look at this next slide. I hope I have a map. I'm hoping to have a map on this next slide. Is the map there? It is not. Well, isn't that a shame? Because I thought I put it in. Well, that's a shame. I was all excited. Had a map for you. No map for you today. <laughs> no map for you. All right, look at our, in our map, on our map, we see verses 6 and 7. We see what's happening. Abram passed through the land as far as the site of Shechem to the oak of Moreh. Now the Canaanite was then in the land. All right, so they're, they're coming down, they're, 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 or they're making their way to this Canaan land. Uh, the Lord appears to Abram and said, to your descendants, I will give this land. Okay, so no, make note. He didn't say to you, Abram. He said to your descendants. Okay, so you're de- to your descendants, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Now, this is a great thing to do. Mark that place. God spoke to me here. This is where God spoke to me. This is a place where God spoke to me. And so Abram builds an altar there. He, you'll find in the scripture, he builds a lot of these because God is speaking to him. And there, there is communication with God. Notice God says to your seed, your descendants, I will give this land. 
And so, as I said, he builds an altar. Listen to verse 8. Then he proceeded from there to the mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. All right. He builds another altar. He calls on the Lord. To call on the Lord is to have recourse to or make an appeal or request for help or information. Okay? So he's calling on the Lord. Lord, where do I go? What do I do? I need some help. I need some information. Look, just watch how Abram lives his life in these moments. He's trusting in the Lord. He's doing what God wants him to do. He's being obedient to the Lord. He's calling out to the Lord for information when he doesn't have it. What a novel idea. You and I must call out to the Lord. Let's, uh, let's uh, well, I was going to say, uh, let's lordle it. We just Google stuff all the time. But do we, let's lord it. <laughs> let's ask God. Let's talk to the Lord when we have questions and we need answers. Abram, after speaking to God, journeys on. Look at verse 9. Abram journeyed on, continuing toward the Negev, or the south country. This is the dry desert portion in the southern portion of Israel, okay? Many of you have seen maps of Israel lately. So you can have in your head an idea in the southern portion of Israel is this Negev area. When God calls on you to trust Him. When God calls on you to trust Him, what do you do? Will you? Will you trust Him? Will you be found by God trusting in Him and leaning on Him and being obedient to Him? A good question to reflect on this afternoon. What if God calls me to do something? He will. What, how will I answer? Will you trust Him? Will you trust Him? Will you say, okay, God, I don't want to, but if you want me to, I'll try. That's, that's about as far as we go as humans, don't we? I'll try. You know, no, you, you say you will do it. Say you will do it. I'll do it. God, I'll do it. Trust in Him. Lean on Him. Be obedient to Him. Are you trusting and obeying God? Are you trusting and obeying God? Look, I, I'm not... Look, you know, sometimes I get the idea that some of us think, well, you go and hear a sermon and you think, oh, that was pretty cool. Oh, that was real neat. And that there's no real interaction happening and that there's no real questions being posed toward me that I have to deal with. Preaching is not entertainment. The Word of God is being proclaimed. The Word of God challenges us. And we've got to be allow ourselves to be challenged and then therefore to answer God as He asks us to do something, when He challenges us to do something. We need to be found obedient, found trusting Him. Now look, these fingers pointing at you, point at me too. The, the proclamation of the Word of God is for all of us. Oh, I'm just the voice. I'm just speaking the words here. This is... This is this is God's Word, not, not Brother Craig's words. This is, this is God's Word. And so we listen to what He is saying through the power of His Holy Spirit. He speaks to us through the proclamation of His Word. And when you read His Word one-on-one. -on -one. So are you trusting and obeying God? Think about that. Think about that. 
the next thing we see, the covenant is about to be carried out. Now we find this, we have to go, we have to make some hops, okay? Because uh, as I've said, the narrative in the, uh, in the Old Testament, you get a lot of good details, you get a lot of other things that are going on here, and you get a lot of uh, insight. But for the purpose of a sermon, we've got to hop over to chapter 17. Chapter 17 of Genesis. Uh, so we looked at the covenant God made with Abram back when he was 75, okay? We remember, everybody remember he was 75 years old when God said, look, you're going to leave, all right? Oh, 75, okay. Oh, hope this is the last move I ever make. You know, it's like, oh, I wonder if he thought that. I don't think he did. I think he, he seems to be God wherever you lead, I'll go. That's where he, he lives, it seems. Well, look at the first part of verse 1, uh, chapter 17. Now, when Abram was... 99 years old. Whoa. Okay. Okay, wait. Okay. What? <laughs> 99. 24 years later, God is about to carry out His covenant with Abraham. Abram. Can you imagine? Would you have some doubts by that time? 24 years have passed and, okay, God said He was going to do all these things and I trust Him and we're going to go. Okay, here we go. Uh, when's all that going to happen? When's it going to happen? 24 years is, you know, year, 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 passes by, passes by, passes by. Trusting in the Lord. God said it's going to happen. I'm, I believe it's going to happen. I, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. 99. He makes 99 years old. I would wonder. I would be wondering. I know myself. I know myself. You may say, you may be sitting here this morning saying, oh, no, I'm going to be, I'm like Abram. If God said he's going to do it, I'm just going to keep trusting and believe he's going to do it. 24 years later, I, I'm still trusting and believing. You, some of you might say that this morning. You may say, well, no, I'm just, I've got that faith. I know who I am. I know me. And I know I'd be thinking, okay, now I just don't know. I don't know. 24, look, I just don't know. I don't know if God's going to do this. He said He would, and maybe, maybe He just didn't mean in my lifetime. Maybe after I'm dead, He's going to make of me a great nation. After I'm dead, He's going to make my name great. I, maybe after I'm dead, maybe that's how this is all going to pan out. That's what I'd be thinking. I know myself. So, but, but here is Abram. Here is Abram. Look back at uh, chapter 15. Look, back, look, at, look at chapter 15. And, and you don't have to go far. You just look at verse uh, 1. 1 through 6. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not fear, Abram. I am a shield to you. Your reward shall be very great. Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me since I am childless? Oh, did you catch, did you catch that? I'm going to make you a great nation. Pfft, I'm already 75, for crying out loud. I mean, we don't have any kids. I don't know. So Abram is concerned. He added, he's thinking, since I'm childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus, and Abram said, since you have given no offspring to me, one born in my house is my heir, then behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, this man will not be your heir, but one who will come forth from your own body, he shall be your heir. And he took him outside and said, now look toward the heavens. Oh, this is a movie moment here. Now look toward the heavens. Count the stars. If you're able to count them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. Whoa. <laughs> 
Can you imagine? Come outside. Come outside, Abram. Look up. Count the stars if you can. I'm God. I know how many there are, but you don't. I know that. But just count them if you can. So shall be your descendants. Whoa. Then, verse 6 says, Then he believed in the Lord, and he reckoned it to him as righteousness. And he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess it. Wow. Yes, so yes. The, the answer to the question was yeah, is yes. Abram was concerned about uh, what God was, how God was going to do, what he was going to do, what he was going to do. But God reminded him of the promise. He reminded him of the promise. He said, look, I, this is going to happen for you. I'm going to make this happen for you. I'm doing this. It's going to be okay. Notice God describes himself as being God Almighty, El Shaddai. In other words, God is able to do what he says he can do. That's in that latter, look at verse 1 of chapter 17. He says, now when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, be perfect, be complete. God is going to do what he says he can do and will do. Two obligations are here in verse 1. Walk before me and be, be blameless. They're demanded by, by two outcomes. So that I will confirm it. I will give my covenant. And so that I will greatly increase your number. In verse 2 we see that. I will establish my covenant between me and you. And I will multiply you exceedingly. But you must walk before me and be blameless. The command requires a spiritual preparation for receiving the covenant sign here. God continues. He continues. He reminds Abram that he will multiply him exceedingly. Notice the reaction of Abraham. Notice the reaction of Abraham. Look at verse 3. Abram fell on his face and God talked with him. God talked with him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you will be the father of a multitude of nations. There's such respect, such, such honor and reverence for God in Abraham. He, he falls on his face before him. And God says, you're going to be a father of, of, of a multitude of nations. God also changes Abram's name to Abraham. His name meant high exalted father. Now that his name got changed, the name Abraham means father of a multitude. Whoa! God's, God gives him the name, father of a multitude. Every time this new name is used, he and his household are reminded of the multitude of nations that would come from him. Every time they hear the name Abraham, that's the name God gave him. That's the name God gave him. That's the promise that God gave him to make him, a mul make him the father of a multitude of nations. Every time they heard that name, they were reminded of what God said. Every time someone addressed him, he would be reminded of God's promise. Until finally, the child Isaac, the child of promise, would call him Abba, Father. Look at, the, look at what God tells Abram, Abraham in verses 6 through 8. I will make ex you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings will come forth from you. 
I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. I will give to you and to your descendants after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession and I will be their God. Wow. This covenant is multi-generational. An everlasting covenant for Abram's, Abraham's generations to come. Did you catch what it said in verse 8? God says, I will be their God. Wow. What comfort. What protection. What wonderful assurance. This is the covenant. Anything else that comes with the relationship between Abram and his descendants, Abraham and his des- descendants, anything else that comes is just a blessing. It's, it's langyap. It's extra. The main point is, The God has become their God. God is promising He'll hold up as part of the covenant. He will be God to them. He will be God to their descendants. It was up to Abraham and his children to acknowledge and accept Him as their God. If they followed Him, life was good. If they didn't follow Him, life was not so good, shall we say. What about you? What about this church? God has called us to share the gospel and minister to this community. Will we let Him do what He needs to do? Or will we demand our own way when it comes to doing church? When it comes to ministering to others in our community? Will we do it our way or will we do it God's way? Will we trust Him as He leads us? Let me ask you, what role does God play in your life? Is He Lord of your life every day? are just from 9.45 a.m. to noon on Sundays. Will you let God be God in your life? Will you let Him be God? He He calls on you to trust and obey Him. Are you doing that? Will you let the God be your God? Will you let Him? It's a decision you have to make. It's not a decision I can make for you. Oh, but I wish it were. I wish I could just make that happen for you. But it's between you and the Lord. You have to make that decision. Will you let God be God in your life? Will you let Him be in control? Maybe this morning you've never asked Him to be in charge of your life. You've never asked Him to forgive you of your sins. You've never come to Him and said, Oh God, I'm a sinner. I acknowledge that. I know that. I see that. I want to repent, turn away from my sins. I want you to be in charge of my life. Maybe today you need to make that decision. Maybe today you're here, you've made that decision, and you're thinking, you know what? Maybe I've not let God be God in every area of my life. Maybe there is a spot that I've been holding back from Him. Maybe there is an area that I have not allowed Him to have control of. Maybe today you need to give that to Him. Maybe today is the day you give that to Him. Let's pray. Dear Holy and Heavenly Father, We bow our hearts and our heads before you and we acknowledge that you are God. But the question is, are you truly God of our entire life? Are you truly in control? Lord, I pray that that is the truth. I pray that every day we're learning just a little bit more to be obedient to you, to trust you even more. Every day. Father, help us to do that. It's where you want us to be. We know that. Help us, Father. Help us. 
Lord, we ask that you move however it is you need to move during these next few moments. You've already been moving in this service. Father, we ask that you continue. But Lord, we ask that if there's someone that needs to make a decision, they would make that decision today. Maybe they need to come forward and say, hey, look, this is my decision. This is what's going on. Maybe you just need prayer. Pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Words of Encouragement podcast. I'm Pastor Craig Beeman, and it's good to be with you uh, by way of podcast. We hope that we have encouraged you in some way today to trust the Lord. There's really no one else we can truly trust and put our faith in uh, in this world than God himself. So I hope that you have come to that conclusion. I hope that you have come to that point. If not, would you continue listening? Continue listening to Words of Encouragement. Let us know that you're listening. Go to fbcwinsboro.com. That's fbcwinsboro.com. And let us know what you think about Words of Encouragement. Thank you for listening again. And uh, until next time, I'm Pastor Craig Beeman. And I do hope that you will find a church home of your own, wherever it is that you live. Find a church home, find a church family, and remember that God loves you and He cares about you.